Welcome to the On Course Podcast, presented by New England Golf Journal. I'm Sean Melia. I've got Jim McCabe to my right, as always. Jim, how you doing? Very well. Very well. <laughs> we're right before the what, fall season. Yeah. yeah we're, we're not quite winter, but... Yeah, it's a weird time of year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of in the midst of the holiday season and all that stuff. Is there anything, as I say that, I have one thing I want to talk to you about, but just quickly... Any uh, anything on your holiday wish lists or things that you tend to get for uh, over the holidays uh, around golf? Do people <laughs> buy you golf stuff that you just don't need or don't no, quite? No, we, no, people have learned. Kind of, yeah, no, <laughs> we we don't do many gifts, and yeah, I'm kind of my own. My if I need things, this is the type of year. This is the time of year I usually stock up. Yeah, to go down and get my winter, winter gloves. Mm-hmm. Get a usually get a couple pair of winter gloves, gloves, um, pair of rain gloves, and there's a difference. Yes, I hope people would understand. Winter gloves are awesome. I got a pair winter, last year. Winter gloves are really good. Yeah, yep. Winter gloves, rain gloves, and I kind of do maintenance. Go through my shoes. Yep. Do I do I want them all? Do I? I are you a shoe guy, Jim? Got a lot of golf. Uh, I have a son who wears the same <laughs> shoes. I wear. We have both small feet, and yeah, he 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 will kick you over. Get, you get the hand me downs. Some hand me downs from him. He goes, I don't like these anymore. Do you want them? Blah blah blah. Yeah, it'll go through them. But I, I'm not someone who hang on to. Oh, just so I, I tend to wear this two or three pair all the time. Yep. But I'm fanatical about keeping them clean. Okay. Um, look sharp. Not so much, not so, well, it, it bottoms. The, the, the bottoms. bottoms. Okay. You know, cleaning off all all the stuff on the bottom, and then cleaning out the car. I get balls floating around. <laughs> I hear balls rattling in my car, and cleaning out my tea bag. And uh, yeah, yeah, just no, no, but no gifts. I mean, I usually take care of you know myself. Yeah, I saw I saw a guy in in Charlestown. I do not have the the luxury of keeping my clubs and stuff in the car. I take them out every time just in case someone well, would like to run off with them. Yeah, there was a guy just kind of pulling his bag out and like a golf nerd. I just asked, "Oh, where where, where are you just playing?" He said, "Now I'm I'm just." taking the clubs out of the car it's kind of the end of the season it's like oh okay that's... i do yeah i kind of made note of that i think last week saying remind you you wouldn't want to be in your car overnight yeah. now what makes you think your clubs <laughs> yeah. want to be in the car <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i don't think it's good for them i also think the perfect time to the year and i know a lot of people don't like to get their clubs regripped or don't mm. think about it don't think it's a big deal I I do. Yeah. Uh, I don't do it. I mean, I I probably should do it twice a year. Yeah. But I I definitely do it once a year. Occasionally, I, I'll do the driver and the forward, those clubs. Yeah. Less on the thing. But yeah, take advantage of this time of year. Just don't put them away. Please don't put them away. And clean them. Clean them. Clean yeah, them. Get some soap and water on them. Talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Keep them in a nice, warm place. Yeah. Yeah, but no, as far as buying things, no, I'll take care of my... Just my take care own. of what you have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did want to ask you just about TGL and Boston Common Golf, because yeah. I don't think we've talked about that on here no, yet. No, we haven't. I think the last time, last time we recorded, we didn't have all the information dropped. We got McElroy, we got Keegan Bradley, we got Adam uh, Scott, Adam Scott and, and Terrell Hatton. Yeah. Just like, I mean, last week they were at Fenway, and it seems like they're just 
kind of leveraging this this team thing as someone who's covered golf for so long what like what's your just what's your reaction to to how this is all going down and what they're and what they're trying I, as far as what they're trying okay, hate to sound like curmudgeonly but this is, you get we admit it we admit it at that age where we look at you what the heck is this what is it but the one thing you have to say is there is a whole the world's going to keep going forward yep. whether we like it or not yeah and there is an element of the world that is younger people who their idea of sports is e-games e e-sports yep my i've been educated by one of my sons that yes in a I think in Asia they they have amphitheaters where thousands oh, yeah. of kids show up to watch the really really good, and I wouldn't even know what the games are called. Right, whatever the games are. Right, Fortnite. I, I've heard that one. So yep, yep. I don't. I don't do any <laughs> pong. Every, yeah, when pong when that I, was I, the, yeah. that, that's where you drew the I line. Was, yeah, I was good at pong <laughs> when. If if they are doing it, and at the PGA Tour is listen, I it does it look like it's a, they're okay. You live live. Here's what we're going to counter with. Yep. This was already in the works. Sure, right. This this was in the pipe. Yep, pipeline. Now, did they have to find a way to incorporate to get more money in the pockets of? The guys they don't want to leave. Yeah, they don't want to lose the twenty-four Justin guys. Who, they don't want to lose yeah. Johnny Rom. They well, Johnny Rom's not going to be in TGL. But when you so basically you look at the twenty-four players, six six teams, six cities. Um, they arguably twenty-four of the thirty most engaging players on the PGA Tour. Sure, guys that the tour probably looked at and said, "Hmm." They didn't go to live, thank goodness. So, yep. okay, let's get them involved in. Now, how do they sell them on it? Well, they're selling them on it as, listen, all the all you got to do is show up at the arena in Jupiter, Florida, and close probably, to home for a lot of them. Probably twenty of the twenty four live there. Yep. Adam Scott might be popping over from the Bahamas when he's when he's on this side of the globe. So. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know where the harm is in trying it. Yeah, for sure. I really don't. It's not a big ask of these guys to do it. Yep. Now they, I was, even though I knew there was something being announced at Fenway Park, I never envisioned those four players being, being there. there. Yeah, and doing stuff with youth on course, and being and there, youth on course, going out to Fenway. Then it ties into. It is John Henry and Arthur Blank and Steve Cohen are these guys who are putting money to help the TGL, TGL going to be guys who now are future investors in the PGA Tour. Right. Maybe. Maybe it's all tied together. I don't right. know. But as far as TGL, I, listen, give it a try. Yeah. We'll, we'll see it. Listen, we, we just watched... We've watched Phil Mickelson play the goofiest things on TV. We watched... What, it, was, it wasn't... It wasn't there a four man match? The the match when didn't involve Steph Curry. Yeah, they've had and, Curry, they've had Kelsey, um, yeah, and, and Mahomes, Mahomes, and yep, and, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. So listen, 
I, I don't quite. They're going to hit balls into a net, and it's going to be technologically scored. And he yeah. did this. Is it? Is it? Is it going to put the Masters out of business? No, <laughs> no, no. 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 It, but it's going to keep these players in the public eye. They're going to probably have wonderful banter and that stuff. I and, hope so. And people love that. We'll see. Uh, yeah, people love that. So we'll see. I don't know where they came up with the frog though for the Boston team, but that's another talk. I kind of like the frog. Is the and, like because the frog pond in Boston Common and I, it's different. It stands out a little bit. I I, the logos could use a little bit of work, but yeah. as far as just that idea, I kind of like that it's that it's different and it's already more interesting than like the Atlanta Drive, which just doesn't have any sort of real. Yeah, uh, like I haven't the, the I, golf. I, I know Atlanta, LA is going to be just the of, golf club. I think like LA Golf Club is what they're calling themselves. I don't yeah, think it's like a, a it's a it's a make believe golf course. It, yeah, there is no LA yeah. Golf Club. Jupiter Links. Uh, Jupiter right? Links is New York is has a team. Yep, I don't think uh, they have a name yet. There's I don't a couple think that don't they, have names. I don't, yeah, they they're doing it piecemeal. Yeah, the Atlanta team. I know they had it the other day. I think it's Billy Horschel. Lucas Glover, yep. Justin, Justin Thomas. Thomas is on the team, and Cantlay, uh, Patrick Cantlay, pa- Patrick Cantlay, Rory's favorite guy. Yeah, the I I I think the interesting part for me watching those four guys at Fenway and having like so many as a forty year old who watched the Red Sox win World Series in that yeah. building and have been there a bunch of times. It is a very clever way just to engage like pockets of the country, and even just the fact that. You're going to engage the golf associations in that state because, mm-hmm. like, mass golf was there and they were with the youth on course. And suddenly you get people who yep. maybe don't really know what's going on, but they know that mass golf is a presence on their Instagram. And they're like, oh, the mass golf association and the Georgia golf association. And those are, they're going to be involved at least in just promoting this. Whereas live stuff just, just kind of was. And they tried to create these teams based on countries, which, also felt funny. I think it's weird that people want a Boston team to have everyone connected to Boston. That's not how sports teams work. Like no. Jason Tatum is not from Boston. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, Jalen Brown grew up yeah. in Atlanta. The desire uh, for these guys to be like tied, like it's the Ryder Cup, is a, is a nice. I'm glad like they're kind of moving. They're trying to get people past that part. Of it. I, I know some people would. <laughs> it's pretty funny how people just like just go crazy. I, I just I was reading a bunch of people complaining oh my god there's no city east of new york new york in there's two there's the san francisco i think is another there's a san francisco team yeah there's no uh, chicago chicago got no skipped chicago. over no, yeah, there's, there's no mid there's no like middle of the country team <laughs> you try to explain to people listen that does not mean they they are not playing i do know my friend and a good friend of mine said he got a call from one of his colleagues who covers regional sports and yeah he said, hey, I just found out there's a team in Atlanta, and this guy's based in Atlanta. He goes, am I going to have to cover them? <laughs> he said, they won't be in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. They'll be hitting balls in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah. But I I, I think it's willing, you, you almost have to say, hey, listen, let them, let's see let's what see happens. Let's see it. Let's see what happens. Let's see how, how it all shakes out. Our guest today is, is Michael Edwards, just to shift gear, speaking of off-season and, and golf and kind of silly season stuff. He is a golf physical therapist, and I'm excited to just pick his brain a little bit of, for for my own sake. There you go. Get some, get some, get a little bit of help. I know you've got some back pain, right? So maybe, maybe yeah. you, get, uh, you can be a, 
a little bit of a, a guinea pig for him for yeah, him today. Well, get some get some notes. Maybe he'll leave me a, tip a couple tips. It. Yeah. So let's bring in Michael Edwards of Shore Golf and Performance. All right, I want to welcome in Michael Edwards to the podcast. Michael, thanks for uh, coming in studio and joining us here. This is great. Yeah, thank you all for having me. This is this is awesome. This is a blessing, and I look forward to just chatting with you all and getting to know you all better and just connecting with your community. Yeah, well, I am personally excited just to have someone here who knows a little bit about fitness and can help me as the as the winter comes in to yeah. uh, steal some it's <laughs> the most important. It's the most important time of the season. <laughs> exactly. The so, off season. So I, I, I guess I'd let, love for you to kind of introduce just Tell us about who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump into just chatting about how you got there. Yeah, that's a loaded question. Yeah, so Michael Edwards, I am a physical therapist, but specifically tailored to the golfer. I'm in my eighth year of practice. I'm originally from North Carolina, if you can't tell in my wicked southern accent. <laughs> um, I got to Rhode Island because my wife is from uh, Rhode Island, so East Greenwich, and we met in North Carolina. And then we got married last year, last May, honeymoons. Came back to North Carolina, packed everything up, took a U-Haul up north, and started this practice. And saw my first patient July first. Okay, great. So, so you're eighteen months, about eighteen months into this practice. Yeah, yeah. So how 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 does one how, how did you kind of get into this kind of specific Niche. piece of of physical therapy and golf? What, what drove you in that direction? Yeah, so golf's my passion. It's my bread and butter. Is what I tell people. Yeah, when I when I start talking golf and biomechanics, like it's like the nerd side comes out, and you might you might hear a little bit of that today. Um, but yeah, so just growing up, my, uh, my background of sports orthopedics, uh, avid golfer myself, grew up playing a lot of golf, and um, always knew I wanted to open a practice, and specifically kind of tailor it to the golfer. And then when I saw this opportunity to move to New England with my wife, I knew we'd be here for the long haul. Yeah, I said, well, hey, I'm a goal then. So. Just, I think the real big impetus that got me to say, hey, I'm all in on golf is, so back in North Carolina, where I practiced for six and a half years was Greenville, North Carolina. So yeah. It's about a year, it's about a, an hour east of Raleigh. And then I had the opportunity to be the physio for a corn ferry tour event there. So it's called the Rex Hospital Open. I think it's now the UNC Health Championship. And that was 2019. And then 2021, they canceled it in, uh, that was the first tournament they canceled in COVID. Yeah. So I was, I was like, dang it, man. Cause I was, that's being in that environment that, that truly being in that environment and being in the locker room, treating those players. That's when I realized like, I want to be in this environment as, as much as possible every day for the rest of my life. So that, that was basically the impetus for starting this practice and then just making it specifically tailored to the golfer. Yeah. That's great. Yep. It has to be coming at a time when you may not, I, I'm not personally involved with a lot of guys my age who think fitness, but the younger kids all do. Oh, yeah. That's like first thing for us. I mean, yeah. I know enough of these kids, and I know it's not like they're playing, you know, eight rounds of golf a week. Is that encouraging for you, that it's a time when they're, they're in tune and they're aware of it? Very much so. I mean, it makes... Um Everybody says being a, a, I call it say physio, but being a physical therapist is definitely this job security there. Just everybody needs, you know, what do you get? You always need, there's always something to work on. That's one thing I say in life. It's always something to work on. But, you know, too, I tell kids these days, like, I wish I had access to me when I was their age because growing up, especially coming from like rural Eastern North Carolina, there's nothing like what I do in that region. I mean, the closest region might have been like Raleigh, which, 
I'm where I'm from is like even further east of Greenville. So, but just be able to have access to my space where I'm at, have access to a medical person who who is basically just 100% treats golfers to be able to have access to the technical side with Todd Campbell. But you know, my goal is to provide that all-encompassing atmosphere for the golfer. So, you know, you have the technical, the medical, the fitness kind of all under one roof. But, yeah, just to be able to provide that for the players that I treat, it's it's awesome. Good. Yeah. Are there – so you talk about corn fairy players. Yep. I'm sure in, in your practice in Rhode Island you're, you're seeing kind of a, a, a slew of different abilities and, and kind of maybe some different challenges and different things people are working on. Are there any within golf, like through lines that you can – that you – kind of consistently see that people either struggle with or uh that you continue to kind of come up against over over like common themes yeah yeah i'd say i mean one of the biggest themes well twofold so one of the the most common thing i see is low back pain yep right so just musculoskeletal speaking like in the, the entire world low back pain is the number one musculoskeletal issue in the world hands down but also for the golfer it's the number one issue that i see right so there's many reasons why somebody can have low back pain. I mean, whether you're a junior golfer, a recreational golfer, professional golfer, just no matter where you fall on that spectrum. But the most common, I would say, without getting too deep in the weeds, the reason I see low back pain is early extension in the golf swing is a huge one. That's kind of a big buzzword, but yeah. just to dive a little bit more specifically is a lot, a, lot, a lot of people think early extension happens right at impact. Well, a lot of times early extension happens in your takeaway. And it's just a byproduct of, say, whether you don't have any, say, for the right-handed golfer, you don't have right hip internal rotation. So just physically, you can't load into your right hip or your trail hip, which already just puts you, I mean, it can put your way on your forefoot instead of your heel and your backswing. You're already coming off that early extension line and just setting up for a very vulnerable position in the downswing. So it's just, that's the the awareness piece is what I I drive home so much. But I would say, like, those are common themes I see. From a medical standpoint, just low back pain. But then it's like, okay, you have low back pain, but what's the reason why? Yeah. Right? I think one thing I've just noticed talking to different instructors and, and physios and is like making sure you're when you're working with somebody that you're – as a coach, you kind of know your client's limit, limitations. And yeah. then as a physio, trying to help with those limitations, making them less limitations. Yeah. Uh, so I just – feel like that's been a big piece of teaching almost in the last maybe maybe five to ten years more than ever before because people like you are working more closely with an instructor or someone who has a really good sense of, of the swing and and that side of things yeah and, and to second that like what I, what I love about what I do is again being being with the technical coach being with Todd and being with the PJ teaching professional and kind of working hand in hand and sharing a lot of mutual clients. They come in, they come see me for an hour and then they go next door and see Todd for an hour. And say, if I don't have a patient or client the next hour, I'll go in there with them. Yeah. And just, cool. cause it's, there's definitely, I, I try I definitely stay in my lane, but the, again, there's, there's so much overlap with the technical and the medical side that it's just to be able to have both, both mindsets working with that player and, 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 and say for Todd, for example, is he's trying to get his players in certain positions. Well, they just, they just physically can't get into those positions, right? And so, which is, that's one thing that's fine, but it's, that's where you have to know the why and then teach around that to try to help make their swing as efficient as possible. But that's, that's the beauty again of having both mindsets working with the player. Yeah, for sure. What is the challenge with, because everything's speed now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speed hard. I, I, I ran into a woman that played the LPGA. And her daughter is now 11. I, I said, w- w- do, 
what do you say to her? What advice? And she said, well, I never would have thought this when I was playing on the LPGA. But my advice to her and what I tell her is swing as hard as you can, but maintain balance. Yeah. The minute you lose your balance, Easier you're out of balance, yeah. and we'll slow it down. But I'm old, and we were taught swing slow, keep it in play. Of course, I played persimmon and heavy metal metal shafts, steel shafts. You got the E-Club too, right? I do have the E-Club. <laughs> yeah. Yes, That's my a guy. listener, that, folks. I love that thing. <laughs> it is, it's interesting, though, because now... So the, that you're almost more valuable because, yeah. I mean, the reality is the harder you swing something, I mean, the more you could hurt yourself if For you're sure. not doing properly. And, I mean, that's, again, swing speed is, I say, like, in the golf world and what I tell my players, like, swing speed is the sexy, right? That's, yeah. People just love swing speed. It's, a trend, it's trending. It has been for a while. It, there's a time and place for swing speed, and it depends on depends on the the player in front of me and what they're presenting with. And again, whether you're a junior, you typically you have speed available to you. It's just can you control that speed? Right. On the total opposite end of the spectrum is if you're a 65, 75, 85 year old player, there's obviously gonna be probably some mobility restrictions. So it's speeds. Maybe I mean. You want to start to be able to gain distance. Obviously, that's one of the biggest things I see from the the older players I treat is they just start losing distance, and rightfully so. You start to lose mobility, then you start to lose your swing speed. But no matter again where you fall in that spectrum, it all goes back to if I could automatically increase your swing speed without making without doing any uh, speed training. And and the reason why is because if I can get you loaded better in your hip, if I can get you taken taken basically taking advantage of what the hip has available to you as well as your spine and get you moving better and moving more efficiently, then automatically you're going to find center face contact more often, which you have this, if you have the same swing speed and you find center face contact, you're going to hit the ball farther, right? So it's just tailoring people's expectations. There's time and place for swing speed. Let me see you move first. Let me see what you're working with from a uh, what I call the true driver of the golf swing, the body. Let me look under the hood and see what you're working with. And, and then from there, then we can see, okay, when is it appropriate to do actually speed speed training? Because you can yeah. – I, mean, I see a lot of people do speed training, and they get injured just from doing that alone. But So it's putting your body in vulnerable positions that it's not used to doing. So it's just kind of, again, going back to the why. When did you – how how young were you when you started playing golf? And when did you kind of? Yeah, man, I'm I'm interested in why the swing and how I do it. I'd say probably like high school, maybe tenth, eleventh grade is when I started picking it up. I mean, I always watched it growing up my, with my pops, watching the majors. It was a special time, especially watching the Masters. It's family tradition stuff. And then my me and my best friend growing up. So my best friend, he was right down the street. So we always he had a a hole in his front yard and we just constantly go over there and just chip balls and just just try to hit shots create shots but then where i went to undergrad so i'm where i'm from is a very small town called murfreesboro north carolina it's about it's northeast north carolina about 10 minutes from the virginia line close to norfolk virginia so i went to a small d2 school there called chowan and i actually played on the golf team there i was fifth man wasn't really the best golfer but my buddy cliff he was the number one guy and so it was it was fun. It was more for road trips yeah. than anything else. Probably shot anywhere from mid eighties to low nineties. Nothing, nothing to uh, write home about. But then, after I graduated undergrad, that was two thousand and ten. 
I took three years off between undergrad and grad school. And I was working, still working, and then taking some credits to apply to physical therapy school. But that's when I played a lot of golf. And that's when I think the, the bug hit and just played a lot more competitive golf. Not, not, not necessarily any CGA or Carolina Golf Association events, but just more like two mans. Go out to the course on the weekends and the, the shootouts. And that's when I really started to like hone in my skills a little bit and get down to maybe like a four handicap. And that was... That that's what I uh, that's when I was like oh my gosh I, this is the this is this is the drive like when you go out there you can just try to create shots that's a good yeah. feeling so that's kind of that's kind of when I started and just yeah, but were you did you think about your swing did you how did you no no not really I mean yes did you look at books did you <laughs> no read, no no uh, no I mean I self self taught okay. you, you, I would go look at some things here and there but just I just tried to, I was more a field player. Right, and I, my very first official golf lesson, I'd say, was probably when I was back in North Carolina, maybe two or three years ago, with a local pro, and we did like a few lessons, and then it was more just kind of building relationships with him. I treated a lot of their members, but also I'd say my very first legit uh, was lesson was with Todd when I moved here last year. Okay, Todd Campbell. Yep. So I never really had any lessons growing up. I just kind of played with my own swing, and uh, but then just now with all the technology available to you. It's insane. Like just with TrackMan, with the you know, gears technology, to be able to just to see what what positions your body's in. From I mean, you, you can get as technical as you want, right? You can get as deep as you want. Tell us a little bit about Todd and how you kind of got linked up with him. Yeah, so it just goes to show you the power of relationships. So back in North Carolina, when I was when we were, we knew we were moving here, my my wife's best friend, so her mother is a, a realtor in Rhode Island, and or a residential realtor. And I told her, this is my plan. This is what I would love to do when I move here. Can you put me in touch with somebody who is in the commercial space and I can just meet with and talk with and get an idea of this was kind of like base, basic overhead, that kind of stuff, and just, just a plan. And so she put me in touch with somebody, and he actually used to, so it's crazy, long story short. So he, we met him in, at Starbucks in East Greenwich when I came here to visit uh, Liz and, and her family for Christmas. It's about 2021, I think it was, or 2020. And come to find out, he was in the golf business in Rhode Island for a while. So he was, I think, he was the, the, the president of the Rhode Island PGA for about maybe 10 years. And he was just in the golf business, and him and Ty were best buddies. And, and he was like, Michael, I got the right person for you. And so he put me in touch with Todd. And then the next time, the next time I came to, to visit Liz's family, I think it might have been like July 4th or somewhere around there, but I went and met Todd and, and just said, hey, man, that's what I want to do. I would love to to join you and he had a space right next to him and, and the rest is history. But again, it's just, it just goes to show you back that the power of relationships and yeah, that's how I got to where I'm at. I think for a lot of people who maybe are, when you get hurt, you kind of get thrust into, I got to go see somebody. Yeah. But there's the, there's kind of like the proactive piece, which can be uh, harder to convince people or it's just a little bit of like, I don't really know what to expect. Uh, I'm going to go to this place and maybe be judged for what i can't do what what is it what is an experience someone signs up they're going to show up to a short short performance what's that what's that first day like to go and check out what you're up to yeah so i uh i will say i'm not your traditional physio um and uh, i could talk about this one all day but uh if you know the the i said the first entry level is what i do is i i love to get on a phone call with somebody 
So I said the first thing is I do like a, I call like a free 30 minute discovery call. So I do a Zoom call. I had one this morning and just, it just gives me the opportunity to figure out, okay, are we, are we good, a good fit for each other? But also just, you can ask me any question you want. Tell me what's going on. And then from there, we, the next steps are you come in for the initial evaluation. All my sessions are one hour long. If I go longer, if I have time, if you have time, again, I call it the, the nuts and the bolts session. And then we just put together a plan. Again, it depends upon what I find and what what I'm working with. And then from there, I recommend a plan of care. And so basically, it's like a package of sessions. So I don't do one-off sessions. I did that for a little bit. But it just there's so many layers to the onion in the golf swing, and there's so many reasons why people move the way they do. And it's literally based upon their own underlying physical limitations and movement patterns. And so that day one, that eval is just making you aware of what those are and then and putting some, you know, kind of connecting the dots to why you swing the way you do. Um, and so from there, it's just say if somebody's coming in with some pain and stiffness, well, you know, those first three or four sessions following that initial eval or, you know, I got to get people's pain under control, right? So I say too, and kind of in the healthcare system in general, we are very reactive society in the sense of people usually go get help when they're in pain. And so I always say, like, every tissue in the body has a pain threshold. And so most times people come see me when they're above that pain threshold. And so then my goal is to get them that pain level just back under that pain threshold so that they can function in their everyday functional activities, right? I always say, too, golf's a privilege. If you, just, if you can't function in your everyday activities, then, you know, life is pretty miserable, right? Yeah. Pain changes everything. So then, yeah. you know, but furthermore, okay, it doesn't stop there. Right. And so that's where typically I feel like the, the system doesn't do a good job of and people fall through the cracks and they just they do they do one movement. And then next thing you know, they're back above that pain threshold. And so it's like, OK, let me get your pain levels down. And then from there, it's just we're doing a lot, a lot, uh, a lot deeper stuff as far as like golf specific movement patterns, learning fundamental foundational movement patterns. A lot of what I call just understanding and getting a feel of, oh, my gosh, the aha moments. This is why I do what I do. Like that stuff takes time to train that, For like sure. getting in front of a mirror, feedback. And it's, it's, again, there's so many layers to the onion, but I, that's, that's kind of the, the, the process. But it all starts with a free 30-minute call and just seeing for the right fit for each other. Any, any like, success stories that stick in your mind or, or people that have come to see you that are, that are either – pain-free now or playing some of the best golf of their life or or anything else like that just that any stories yeah i got i got a few but uh, so the first two that come to mind are some of the couple or two of the top best i say players in the state obviously everybody knows the bobby leopold yeah and i have i've, I've worked with bobby just a little bit off and on he's had some some neck and shoulder injuries but man like his swing is beautiful like it's like, so for me, to, I'm not taking any credit for anything that, that he's accomplished. We're, we're actually trying to get him back on the books for the off season. We're going to be doing some work together. But yeah, so he, he comes to mind. And, but one of my biggest ones I say is Larry LaFauci. He's uh, a big Rhode Island competitive uh, golfer as well. And the mid-am this year. He won right? the mid-am. Yep. Back to back. Okay. Yep. Back to back. So he's, he's actually been a big, a big blessing for me and just connecting me with uh, the RIGA and getting me connected with Joe McDonald. And, and, th- and that crew, and again, just like I tell people, like I'm here for the long haul. So my goal is to serve the Rhode Island and, and New England golf community. And the more I can get immersed in the community, the better. But Larry came to me with some some back pain. Actually, one of his fellow Kirkbray members was was seeing me. And then Larry, I found out now, but he would go to the driving range at Cranston Country Club, which is where I'm located. And he would just hit balls and practice because the driving range out there was nice. 
And the, the guy I was treating, he said, Larry, come in, come in here and, and meet Michael. And so that's kind of when it all started. And so I helped Larry just kind of resolve some back pain. And, uh, and he was actually playing with some, through some pain when he won the Minim in Connecticut this, 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 this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you compound problems. Yeah. And I've, 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 <clears throat> I know pretty good golfers. Something hurts. But you can always figure out, okay, I can swing around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of temporary fixed and it's, you can put a band aid and stop the blood from coming and it, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't fix it. It's Preach. a, it's a, yeah, and, but it's a difficult thing. I think for some people to say, no, a lot of people don't want to take any time away from their golf. No. And they, they're like, oh no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll just, just pop some Advil and go play golf. Yeah. 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 Here all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's. I mean, again, it goes back to that's the way the that's that's the mentality. Unfortunately, um, the quick fix mentality is the world we live in. Of a man, the aha moments I have of players when they get in and they work with me, especially that first session. And and I have people right now that I I've had conversations with, and like uh, especially a guy that comes to mind is a guy I met at the mid am and this past year, and like just the level of pain he's playing in, but also how well he's playing. It's quite impressive. I mean, I saw his first tee, his first tee shot, and it was like. You just see the way that guy moves, and you know he's in pain. But it just takes education, right? And so, I literally, I reached out. I reached. I talked to him in the mid am. I reached out to him several times, and it's, obviously, I want him to work with me just because I know I can help him. But it's, it's again, it's I know the pain he's in. Like, why, why do people keep playing golf in pain, and they keep doing the same thing, expecting different results? And so, but again, it's just the. It goes back to the. Okay, I'm, I'm, I've. I've surpassed that pain threshold. Let me pop an Advil or let me take the, some NSAIDs or let me take, let me go get a corticosteroid injection or a prednisone taper and then I'm fine. Well, yes, you're fine because that's, that's masking the pain, but you're not actually fixing the underlying problem. Mm-hmm. And so I, Hey, I, I see it all the time, right? And it's, that's the world I live in as being being a physio, um, but more specifically, just being like the what I said, the movement expert for the golfer, and, and just being immersed in that world. You see it all the time, and right? There's always there's always something to work on. But that's just life in general. But it's just if you know why you're in pain, that changes everything. Yeah, right. And just gives you direction. It gives you hope, right? Again, pain pain changes everything. If you're in pain, you're not a very enjoyable person to be around. Right, and so if you love playing golf, and think about if you play golf, let's just say three times a week for however many weeks in a year, times how many years you've been playing golf, like you're just compounding issues year after year, and especially if you're not making any results or seeing the results you want from not just a performance standpoint, but even like Mm. just a score standpoint, then come see me. Yeah, <laughs> or just, go see, just go see your local movement professional, like your medical professional, just somebody that can give. I mean, at, at the minimum, like so, me being in Rhode Island, I know y'all serve the whole New England community. Like my advice to people, if you can find somebody, especially like your local pro, usually somebody can do like the I call it the, the TPI screen. Yeah. So right, Titleist Performance Institute uh, out of California, Greg Rose, Dave Phillips, like they develop a TPI screen and. Pretty much, that's that can be applied by a medical professional, a fitness professional, a, a technical professional like your your club pro, and just reach out and see if they can just take you through that. That way, you have some guidance of okay, well, I know I know I'm limited in my hip internal rotation, whatever it may be, but that at least gives you a start. Yeah. Do you um, find Do you find yourself pushing against any like what are the biggest myths in your in in the in the world of kind of golf movement these days? Is there anything you find yourself consistently trying to get your clients to unthink man it's a loaded question 
I mean, I do have a lot of players that come to me, and I'm dealing with a lot of different, I would say, I don't want to say they're myths. I would say they're more swing thoughts. They're more technical things that mm. their coach wants them doing or say this coach teaches this way and this is their framework and they these one two things whether it's left shoulder to low le- left shoulder low four press like i want you in these positions that's all i teach or i mean i hear all the i hear i call them buzzwords right yeah i hear all these buzzwords of people like i've been trying to do this for years and years and years and my coach wants me doing this and that's where that's where, like, again, I try to stay in my lane, but, like, I'm not sitting here trying to change somebody's swings. In essence, I, I am, but from a different mindset. So I'm not going to sit here and try to say you have to be in this position at impact, although I have a pretty good idea uh, of where you should be at impact. Um, but at the same time, I have to have to take all these little thoughts, especially if they're working currently with their coach. I don't, I don't want to say step on toes, but it's like I don't even, consider, I don't, I don't even look at it that way. It's almost like collaboration versus competition like i'm definitely on the collaboration relations relationship side like if 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 you're working with a coach and i tell people like i have a couple of players that have coaches down in florida like let's hop on a call and say whatever the coach is trying to get you in okay well this is what i'm seeing from a physical standpoint well they just can't they can't get their clubs they can't get club shot parallel at the top of the swing just because they don't have right hip and center rotation so they have to stand up they have to flatten the shoulder plane out they have to compensate somehow yeah. so either we just tighten the swing up a little bit and just allow me to to work on the the give him the movement or give him the ability to, to get there so that's again it's just the collaboration piece and and but i would say you know myths there's so many youtube things out there that people come in with i've been working on this and that's why i just said okay hold on let's let's bring it back down let's like let's, yeah. let's focus on one thing yeah because there, I mean, there's so many squirrel moments right oh, oh i saw this youtube clip i saw this youtube clip or i saw this i'm like <laughs> stop yeah. Like even like even have people that I'm sitting here in front of them. I'm telling them, look, this is why you do what you do. Like this is this is why. And then there's why well, I, I saw this thing on YouTube. I'm like, stop. Like this is why you're here. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Snake oil. Yeah. So you you kind of you mentioned we we serve all of New England and have listeners all over the place, and hopefully we have listeners outside of New England. Mm-hmm. Are you are you someone who has clients who are not just based in Rhode Island, are you working? So, if someone is listening to this and things like, I, I like, I like Michael's vibe, and I'd love to reach out to him. And and but I live in Vermont or I live in New York. Are you? Do you do any sort of online training or or create packages for people to to do things? Or are you strictly? I I do not yet. Okay. Um, potentially in the works. The 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 one I'd say baby steps, right? You just yeah, moved here. Baby steps. Yeah. But I, well, I mean, I have a lot of I have a lot of snowbirds, right? So coming from North mm. Carolina, everybody's like. Why are you moving north? Everybody yeah. moves south. <laughs> I'm like, and being here, I kind of get it from the standpoint of the the weather. But uh, but yeah, I have a lot of snowbirds, and and I I will do some. I won't say it's virtual sessions, but mm. I'll do some some just some stuff over the phone. Yeah, just hey, they're trying to do this. We have questions about this, and or they might send me a, their swing or whatever it may be. But I'll just again, they just text me or, or call me. But two is a little gray area, being so I'm a licensed in Rhode Island, so yeah. that that plays a little role in it. So yeah. if I were to ever uh, potentially, well, as long as I'm here, like I haven't looked too much into it, but I know like I, I potentially have, I have to look into getting my, my license in other States, but that's yeah. if I was to like actually practice in that state. But no, this, this, the, the, it's when you're in person, it makes, yeah. So, big, so we got to start there, but yeah, you know, I tell people out there, if you're listening to this and you, and you, you would love to reach out, reach out to me. Like I, I have contacts all over the country in the golf space and I will better believe I'll do my best to help put you in, in front of the right person to the best of my ability. 
Well, he haven't told him the whole time. He's sitting next to someone who I, I, I laugh when you said lower back pain because that is got to get, get you in, Jim. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how you you think. Okay, My, people say, "Well, how do you play?" Well, you can play golf with it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, it's uncomfortable. It's getting people to realize they don't have to play with lower back pain. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or golfer's elbow or any of those other things that creep up like I've been dealing with. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're both, we're getting old, Jim, you and me. Uh It's, uh, it gets tough. And I I would also just, you've done a nice job. You've written, uh, you're writing, uh, little sponsor content in our magazine as well. You did it in the fall. We have, I think, another one in the winter, which just wrap that one up. Got to send it your way. Nice, nice. And, uh, and that's just another nice way for people to kind of keep in touch with you or, or follow along and, and get some ideas and some some simple ways at home just to stay sharp over over the winter. But if you are in the Rhode Island area or if you're not and you just want to reach out to Michael, we would encourage you to do so. Where, like, where can people find you before we send you on your way? Yeah, I would say first, there's, there's one good thing about golf in New England is you're forced to take an off season, right? <laughs> yep, um, yeah. To a certain extent, there's been a rise in, obviously, indoor facilities, but Still, it doesn't change the fact that you can't probably probably not plan as much golf as you would in the summer or mm-hmm. the spring. So take advantage of that. And that's when I see the most injuries. It's first of the season because people haven't done anything in the winter, yeah. right? And so just go back and start playing golf. And so they throw all that 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 repetition back with poor movement mechanics. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm I'm located at, at uh, Cranston Country Club, the Golf Academy with Todd Campbell. It's a state of the art facility. We're located right there next to the driving range. It's about a thousand square feet. Todd's in one bay. I'm in the second bay. And again, it's, it's the, it's the perfect world for the golfer. You can find me on Instagram at Shore Golf Performance, Facebook, same thing, Shore Golf Performance. I'm pretty active on Instagram. But furthermore, I would say I would encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. Every Thursday, I send a, a newsletter out and just gives you a little perspective of, I'd say, my mindset, where my mindset is. And just that's it. whether it's anything from joking, but to, to challenging beliefs just i think it's just a, it's a, it's a it gives you a good sense of of my my mindset my background and just how i can be a benefit to you and your your golf game yeah well, this is great thanks yeah for, thank you all uh, so much for, for having me us and coming in studio yeah thank you yeah go check out mike shore golf performance and we will I'm sure we'll hear from you soon yeah and hopefully hear from some of our listeners yeah thank you all right thanks mike All right, thanks again to Michael Edwards for coming in and giving us some tips and uh, sharing his story and encourage people to uh, to go get healthy this offseason and strengthen up and be ready to play some good golf when, when that snow melts at some point. Golf Course Confidential this week. We've done This is our 16th episode. We do one of these almost every episode. And today, I want to take you to Stoneham, Massachusetts to Unicorn golf course a very interesting name which i have a little bit of history of is it a place that you're at all familiar with played it back in the day maybe i played it a long long time ago certain friends were north shore guys i played unicorn mount hood yeah melrose um, and ferncroft was another one we used to play yeah not not ferncroft i'm sorry middleton the it's like a pitch uh short short course in middleton oh i don't know that one um yeah, the only Whether it's still there. I'm not. Yeah, sure. it might not be there anymore. Um, well, Unicorn is in Stoneham. It's a nine hole, or it used to be eighteen holes. Um, I, I've got. We have a we have a a mutual uh, friend, Jed, who is the ah. who's the historian at Plymouth Country Club, and I've played Unicorn with him once or twice. 
and it's sometimes a slow round, but it's a really cool place. And he he's very much in a history. He found some newspaper clippings about it. it. Used to be 18 holes. It shrunk down to nine. Bill Sharman of ah, the Celtics, Celtics was a, <laughs> Jed found articles. He was the head pro there after he was done playing golf for a little bit. That's another story for another day. Great. Um, well, we'll we'll put a pin in it. Because there was an old, I'll only tease you with this. There was an interesting head pro at my little, I remember at the Milton Hoosier Club. Yeah. And we had a very interesting head pro years ago. I wouldn't know, long before I was there. Yeah. But along lines of Sharman. Yeah. Bill Lezanicki, another was a hockey player. Okay. And he was a great golfer. Um, it, That's amazing. These gentlemen... I mean, the pro athletes today might be shocked to hear this, but they had to get jobs in the <laughs> offseason. Right, right. Yeah. So Charmin, after he, I think after he was done playing and before he kind of got into the front office of uh, of some teams, was the head pro. And um, the unicorn name is because the course was founded by the Boston Athletic Association, which okay. is the unicorn logo of like the Boston Marathon. So that's where that's where that name came from. So shout out to Jed for those little nuggets that he shared with me over 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 the years. It's thirty bucks to play nine holes. It's kind of one of those courses. I I've brought my wife there. It's a really good spot to just go at the end of the day. Really low key. The first three holes are kind of like all adjacent to each other. You can play one, two, three, and then you could hop back and play one again, yeah. and you could hop over to four. You can kind of jump around if it's not busy. A lot of the holes kind of run up and back, but there's a. It's just it's actually a really good nine hole golf course. A couple long par fours, good little par three, good middle range par three, a tough par five, and then there's a little kind of pitch and putt adjacent to it too that you can go play. Uh-huh. That's not tied to a unicorn whose name I'm is escaping me right now. But it's thirty one hundred yards if you want to play it from the tips. It's twenty eight hundred yards if you want to play from the forward tees. It's so you get out to sixty three, almost sixty three hundred yards. If you want to go around twice, it's like a pretty good nine hole. Yeah. When you hear nine holes, sometimes you think like they're shorter, um, right. but it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good test of golf. Very, very simple. No range. Small little clubhouse. Small little pro shop. Tiny little putting green. Um, a little chipping green. But it's it's another selfishly for me. It can be an easy drive up ninety three. Um, and if you kind of live in the Stone and Woburn area, um, and it's open, I think they're kind of one of those places that if it's not, there's no snow on the ground, they will they Stay will open. take your money to, to to play some golf. So a good spot on those random warm days yeah. when maybe you don't want to drive all the way to the Cape or the South Shore because you're from, right. from a different part of the state. It's not a bad option. No, sounds like it. Yeah, so go check out Unicorn. I know the 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 weather is cold right now. We're kind of in the in the winter season, but it's also a great option in February, March when when courses are slowly starting to open up. Go check out Unicorn in Stone and Mass. Thirty bucks for nine, forty seven for eighteen. A uh, good little test of, of a nine hole golf course. And that's it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening to On Course. Please rate, review, subscribe. It always helps. Share with your friends. Uh, you can listen on any podcatcher. You can also watch us or listen to us on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. And thanks, as always, to Dave Yaz for producing our podcast. The On Course Podcast is a Siemens Media Production.